I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Clark Peters. Hi, Gabby. Can we start with musicals? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Music is in your soul, isn't it? I mean, that's... Pretty much Joan so. Armour Trading, isn't that where you first started out? Oh, my God. Love and Affection, one of my favourite yes. all-time songs yeah. of all time. I knew Joan before um, when Joan and Pam had a, um, had a little duo folk group together. We were all signed to Cube Records on Poland Street. Essex Music was the house. It was Essex House and... And we were all there. I had a little group. I was asked to come on in to demo a song. I was living in Paris. I went back to Paris, and I got. And when I arrived, they said the demo was so good they want you to form a group. And uh, I came back over, and you know, Joan and I were in this in and out the building around the same time. You know, quite a few of us there, and um, it was just great when she said, "Would you come and sing on this?" And there was Leroy and. Um, who Leroy Wiggins, who was also in that group, and Tyrone Scott, who was the lead singer. And the next thing I knew was, um, Oh, give me love. Oh! You know? <laughs> Seriously, when, whenever anybody says, you know, what's in your top five, that song is in my top five all-time favourite songs. That's beautiful. I love it. It's so beautiful. And I think, weirdly, I think it should be re-released today because I played it to my daughters about a month ago and they just sat there and went, oh, that is incredible. Yeah. She, you know, she, her melodies, her lyrics, her sensibility with music, her, the way she communicates, I just, I haven't seen her in so long, I feel guilty. And if you're listening to this, I'm coming to you, all right? Oh, I'm coming to see you, Joan. That would be lovely. But, but you also then, from being in the band, you then went on and wrote musical, I mean... Well, I wrote, I wrote, well, yeah. I wrote two musicals. Two. I wrote one with some, well, both of them I've written with friends. It's a collaborative um, endeavor, that's for sure. Uh, but when the group broke up, I went right back into theater. Mm. And it was um, Guys and Dolls at Watford Rep, um, 1976. So who, who were you in, in Guys and Dolls? I was Sky Masterson. Oh, you are? And, and it was Dougie Squires. Remember Dougie yeah, Squires? Yeah, he was a choreographer. That's right. On he, TV. Yeah, Dougie was wild. And I was hired to play some a character named Liver Lips Louie. And so I was just happy to be in a theater. And Dougie and I, we, we, 
We tell the story differently. You know, he says he always wanted me to, me to be play, to play Sky. Well, if he had told me that, I would have been ready for it. <laughs> you know, but around the third week of rehearsal, there was no Sky, and I stood in a couple of times and would read for it. And obviously, when luck came, when luck, uh, when luck came around, anyone who's my age knows this song, you know, from the states. And so I sang that and. I was sky right up until opening night wow. <laughs> with Elizabeth Manchester. I love it. Oh, so Ugh. like I said, musicals are music is mm. is in you. And then Five Guys Name Mo. I mean, I remember going to see it and just oh, I loved it. I was I was very little and I I loved it. And I mean, I love musical theatre, but mm. but it, and then of course you were Billy Flynn, and we were talking about that before uh was before we started recording that's such a character and i love that you did a little bit of billy flynn from doing from chicago yes. just that that little bit you did because you said with you the, could just um, play with it yeah you could it, it's it's supposed to be billy manipulating roxy um and she's set up like a mannequin on his on his lap you know he's got his hand in the back of the puppet and then he's doing this and from having children, I've discovered these voices in me, mm-hmm. you know. And so I would go, <laughs> it's supposed to go, where you come from, Mississippi. And you, you know, so I said, no, to hell with that. Where you come from, Mississippi. <laughs> Very wealthy. <laughs> where is that voice from? I know, I know. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> when you have kids and you got to entertain them, then oh. you find all of these characters inside of you. And so I used it in um, in Chicago. <laughs> but, well, it was interesting when you said the smile on your face when you do that, and you talk about your kids, and and the smile on your face when you talked about um, being back in theatre. Is does that still put that smile on your face when you talk about theatre? Because um, I suppose we all sometimes. know you for films and TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, more. I think it does. Uh, I'm about to do Lear. I'm about to do The Fool in Lear to Danny Sapani playing Lear, and it's there's so much scope to play around with to play the fool, you know. Um, and at first, I thought this is good. this is going to be a lot of fun. And and I, we were at this event where Ian McClellan was there, and we started talking about this. And he pointed out how important this role is to the piece, and that he's not like a jester, you know. And that put the smile back on my face because it's it's a uh, the breadth of emotions that this man has got to go through, you know, and the truths that he speaks to power. You know, and then this truth that he lays before the audience before he walks away is exactly what I want to say. How you know? and wonderful! So it's 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 um, it'll always bring a smile to my face. There's no Theater. doubt about it. it. Scares the hell out of me. Oh, really? Still? Yeah, yeah. and particularly Shakespeare. There comes that voice again. <laughs> I, That's the same voice. I know. <laughs> I don't know where he come from. And I was just over in Ireland with my friend, you know, with, with, with Chris O'Dowd. You know Chris O'Dowd? Yes. Oh, he's wonderful, Chris. I, I tell you, I was sitting there with him and we were just having the most wonderful time. Do you know, I'm looking at you and all these words, it's, it's the same boat. Uh, people who are just listening to this, I promise this is still Clark Peters. Um, but let's go to, to TV and film. I don't know. I don't I think I want to start with um, 
uh, billboards. It just that that film. Mm. I've suddenly gone. The Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, uh, it's a long story. It, it, it's a long title. Five bill. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, my, I have a friend. Oh my goodness! It's called. It's called. It's, it's quickly. It's called. <laughs> Three billboards. Three billboards. Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. What an extraordinary film. Yeah, yeah. And Frances McDermott is just fantastic in it. You know, again, that's what theatre should be doing. You know, addressing certain issues in an oblique kind of way so that Mm. you get the message. You know, and and it was wonderful to play. It was wonderful to play, play with her and... And all of those actors who who were uh, leave me a little bit starstruck because I spent more time over here than there, but those are the faces that I see on television and films when they come out. You know, they and, feel like that about you. Well, I, they I, do. That, that's, that's nice. That's nice. But uh, yeah, they they, they uh, it, it was it was fun. It was an extraordinarily powerful film, though, and and it won so many awards, and I'm so pleased it did because it made people carry on talking about it because Mm -hmm. the whole story behind it, everything about it was incredibly powerful and it Mm. made you think. It was one of those films that you leave the cinema and you just, you carry on thinking about it. Yes. You carry on talking about it. And and it's it's also a a good whodunit. You just don't know, Mm. you just don't know what's going to happen when those two people who you you never put together in the same sentence, let alone in the same car, going in the same direction, you know, at the Mm. end, you just, you have no idea what's happening. And the way that it was edited left the audience wanting to find out what happened. Did they go after him? Did they find him? You know, if you've not seen Epping, uh, Three Billboards, you should, because it's a really good, a really good mystery. It is very good. And those issues of, um, the issues of the, um, the feminist movement, you know, and this is before Me Too and all of that kind of stuff. When those issues are in a person's, hands like like Francis, very capable, you cannot help but to sit back and reflect on what mm. you've just seen. You know, it it hits you subliminally. You know. But you've done a lot. Like you've done a lot of things that leave people th- I suppose the wire, which it'd be crazy if we don't talk about the wire, of course, but um the wire every it was that program that everybody talked about mm-hmm. it. Were you aware at the time or afterwards, that every on every corner. I mean, it was a sort of it was extraordinary. Everywhere I went, everyone was talking. Yeah, about I, I I didn't. I really didn't know. No, I don't think any of us knew. I don't think anybody in that cast knew how powerful these statements were going to be, not just in Baltimore, but first of all across America, but even before it got across America, Europe got it first. You know, people in Europe were saying, "Well, this is." In France, it was called the tap, le tap, and um, so there were people there who were called, who I knew, who were saying, "This is a wonderful piece of of, of television," and I didn't know what they were talking about. Really, it was the wire. It was the wire, and Spain. I thought people from Spain were saying, "This is exactly like Madrid, um, Glasgow." Um, ran into to two guys. Well, they ran into me, saying it uh, in a nice way. I hope. Oh yeah. Oh, oh good. yeah. For oh, sure. Good. I mean. They, okay. It's so nice. They stopped the car. They they were in a taxi. They and it was during the Edinburgh Festival. They stopped the taxi. As I was coming out of my hotel, 
and jumped out, and I thought they were coming. They were so excited, it huh. felt like aggression. Right. And they were going, it's Freeman, it's fucking Freeman. It's Freeman. You know, and I'm saying, Freeman? Oh, Freeman. And they were telling me they had just seen it and that they would had just been discussing it and how much Baltimore and Glasgow were like with the drug problems, with the education problems, the local government, all of that, you know. So yeah, it was it was it was it was wonderful. We didn't we had no idea what it was going to be when we were doing that. And I think that that's what I'm most grateful for that that um that awareness of being placed in something like that. So isn't that interesting? So you when you read it or when you were called to to come in and do it, do you, do you ever get that feeling somewhere inside when you think yeah, this is this is good. I mean, do, or, do you just go for it? I mean, I, yeah, no, I knew. So you, do you knew that you felt that about the wire. I felt it about the stories in that first season. You know, David had to fight for every season after that. What? Yeah. Yes, every season after that, it was always touch and go. Sorry, but this is the show that the world is talking about. Yes, yes. and it was still like that. It was still Why? like that. He had to fight for it um, because I think, I think. Personally, I think it's because uh, both he and Ed Burns, coming from that background and really understanding the law and understanding the underworld that surrounds what's supposed to be justice. Um, when people are that smart, you know, uh, they need to be contained. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Sometimes they're just too smart for the establishment, so, yeah, so to speak. And I think that... Um, that David really wanted to get a truth out there that the broadcasters had to think about and think, well, uh, we're not too sure we want to let all of that out right now. You know, or we can't educate too much of the public in a way because uh, we need to have our public dumb. We need to have our people simple. You know, nobody wants, no, no, no government, I promise you, no government in the world wants to have a populace that is well-educated. Because if they're well-educated, they are probably fine critical thinkers and might decide, well, we're not going to go to work today because of X, Y, and Z. You know, they might, um, they'll be more difficult to control. And so I think that that with with the wire, when you're seeing um, the corruption of police, right, that diminishes their 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 power to the public in in a, in a way because now they can be challenged because you've seen the wrong that they've done, you know, um, with local government, you know, in America, you know, just recently, you know, two years ago, however many years ago, you know, they stole the election. Come on, come on, did they steal the election? And yet there are people who will believe that that process was like that and that it was easily taken care of. Now, if you were, if you were a forward-thinking person, you might be more critically analytical about how things unfolded during that. I can't take any particular side on that because you're looking at me in a way like... No, I'm not. I'm listening. I'm listening to what you have to say. Yeah. Because this is fascinating that you're saying that we're talking about the TV shows. Mm. That's why he had to push for it because it was going to question 
Yes, yes. Who's going to question people? People yes, are going to question the establishment. Would, they, they would, of course, they would, of course, they would. You know, there was a moment where um, we found out. I think it was by season five. The wiretaps that were up in Baltimore um, became less active when the wire was on. So you can imagine that if you know you're you're working on you're working on a couple of cases and you've got um you've got wiretaps on I don't know Al Capone and whomever you know um, and you're really listening and then all of a sudden it goes quiet and you're thinking why is this right and so you're listening and you're listening and nothing and then after a while the conversation starts again well they noticed that those conversations with the people that they had been tapping had gone down when the wire was being broadcast so they were, so they <laughs> so the criminals as well were really listening to the wire and this is what i'm saying like it was, that's incredible yes and well that's a fact as well i i'm that i'm not going to go back and watch it again and look at it differently I, it's made me really think about it completely differently. I didn't look at it until 10 years afterwards um, when I was recovering from uh, from uh, some surgery. And two things hit me. One was one was gratitude to have been part of this statement, but also that it is a it's a story that works on so many levels. Mm. There's a documentary that's going on, there's a who done it that's going on. Uh, there's a love interest that's going on. You don't know where McNulty's going to wind up, or, you know, all of that. So the, it's so full, it's so rich. Um, that when I saw it, I thought, yeah, man, this is a... Uh, I wonder if anyone else is going to come up with anything else like that. And it, we really need something like that. It, it's so interesting, because the things that you've done, you know... When I was doing my research and reading about you and everything, I thought, you've done some monumental things. I mean, because I'm just picking a few. I'm cherry-picking a few. But, I mean, recently as well, it's only a couple of years ago, uh, The Five Bloods, you know, that everyone was talking about as well and people are still talking about. And it's... I feel like you've picked and choo chosen. That's not very good English. Picked and choosed. You've picked and chosen really well, but it's like you you absolutely know what you're doing. I think some actors may just say, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? The work is coming in. Mm. But I feel like you've carefully, you've, you've carefully walked this path because you want to say something. I think that, I think that all creative people, if they're, conscious want to use the gift that they've been given to serve you know if you want to be a star go to hollywood hmm. you know if um i came to england because england had a culture of theater you know and that appealed to me in my teens you know so i when the opportunity came to to be here of course i took it because it was theater it wasn't. I wasn't chasing anything else besides. You weren't chasing be, fame. Oh, the hell with no. that! You yeah, know, that that's, yeah. That, that stuff is fleeting. No, I I picked this job because <clears throat> it's the only job that I can be in from the time I'm 18 to the time I'm 108. You know. Yeah. You, if you keep your instrument together, you can be working throughout your life if that's what you want to do. You know, 
I don't think there's another occupation in the world that can do that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You yeah. were very young when you started though, weren't you? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Uh, I, but yeah, and you started doing costume behind the scenes <laughs> in hair. In which, hair. I, but what makes me laugh is there was times there wasn't much costume was, in hair, <laughs> and you did costume in hair. If nobody's seen hair, there's a na- it's it's pretty naked <laughs> on stage. <laughs> yes. But you did costume in hair. Was that I just did. a way into theatre? It kind of was. Dressing yeah. naked people. <laughs> <laughs> or undressing Undressing them, yes. <laughs> no, I went to Paris to visit my brother, who was in the show, and I got a job backstage um, in wardrobe, you know? And it sounds more glamorous than, than, than <laughs> it really was. You know, you're picking up somebody's old, sweaty... Um, uh, dance belt and dance bras and all of this kind of stuff, you know. And you might be sewing on a button that fell off of something that somebody was wearing, but that was, you know, that was it. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was a costume. But it was. A, it was the smell of backstage theater. It wasn't was a... theater. Yeah. I was just happy to be in a theater with um, with a company of actors who were who were like minded. I mean, hair came about at a time when when. Those issues were really pressing on an adolescent mind in America, you know, and I knew that uh, I had been auditioning for it in America, and my brother was auditioning in Paris. We had no, I had no idea that he was doing that. When no, was doing that. the same thing. The same thing. God bless him, the same thing. Wow. You know, um, and he wound up, well, he wound up uh, getting hair. I auditioned for hair so often that the production company <laughs> go... Here comes Clark White. Yes. <laughs> yeah, come on, son. Yeah, yes, give us another song, you know. <laughs> you know it was just... What was your audition song? Did you have to do a song from the show? I am ashamed to say that, oh. you know, I come from a jazzy kind of yeah. background, you know. <laughs> You're blushing. <laughs> My song, and if Chapman Roberts is around and he hears this, you know, the song I sang was a song... It was the look of love. Just give us a little burger and a little burst of it. The look 
of love is in your eyes a look that time can't disguise. Something You've like got the job, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Why didn't they give you the job on Because that's not, that's not the kind of music that they needed. They, need, they needed a voice that, that was voice. going to... That was going to really... Do you uh, still sing now? Yeah, I had a wonderful time last, about two weeks ago, at the London Jazz Festival. Oh, right? We were at Festival Hall, yeah. and the wonderful Guy Barker and I had, had uh, we had met 15 years before, when, which was the first year that this jazz festival was on, and I was a part of it then, and we were doing a celebration of a man's music named Billy Strayhorn. And he had written an arrangement, and I heard this, and I thought, man, this is, I'd really love to sing that, something like that one time. Here we are 15 years later. He says, Clark, would you be a part of this? I said, of course I will. He says, here's the chart. I said, I can sing that song. And, uh. it, was, and it was just, <sighs> I, I, yeah. Madeline Bell was on that one, I think, as well. Maddie Bell. Oh, my. You've got such a beautiful voice. Just keep singing. Keep singing. Keep <laughs> singing. Um, so let's talk about your new show as well. Um, what a beautiful premise and an amazing mm. cast. Lovely Lindsay Duncan as well, oh but true God. love. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like this, he have a car. Where'd that voice come from? Yeah. That one was not Clark, all right? You see, it's not just me. All of us crazy actors in this building, in this business. Um, tell you about true love. Yes, please. Um, there's, a, there's a question, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you just, if people don't know you're doing a show and they, and they just tune in at that moment and I'm saying, tell me about true love. They'll be like, oh. <laughs> right. Well, I hope we'll, hopefully we'll keep you all the way through it. Um, <laughs> I guess the best way to introduce this is for a listener to remember their earliest memory and their earliest friends, your friends, the people that you were around from, you know, from the early teens to the time you left home, and your closest friends. Um, and you reach an age where they're popping their clogs, you know, and you may not have seen them all those years, but there's a part of them that is in you, you know? Mm. And so there's this, this attachment, um, and you have history. And although 50 years has gone by, you still have this history because you cannot deny this, you mm. know? This is kind of what true love is about. And it's about these old friends that come together and make a certain promise to look after each other. And I shouldn't give up too much information. Yes, about no that, spoilers. You know? um, but what a beautiful thing for a drama to do. I feel like a lot of drama steps away from those sort of issues. Yes, yeah. Well, and and also that that um, we're all like in our seventies, you know. So, you know, it's not it's 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 loudly and proudly in yeah, the seventies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we are here. You mm. know, we have something to offer. You know, um, we know that, that this technology might confound us, you know, but um, before this technology was here, there was a world that we, that we negotiated very well, you know, and that we can still, we still have something to offer. And not only is it just, just that, that uh, those issues that we 
hit on, it's there's a suspense story that's going on in this. There's a thriller that's going on in, in True Love as well that is slowly un, uh, unfolding that um, hopefully the audience will lock into and go, ooh, I didn't think they were going to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another voice. There's <laughs> another voice from him. So this is on Channel 4. I, but I love that... that um, there's this drama that's celebrating age but also talking about these issues and again isn't it funny that I said it's like you very carefully have chosen issue led pieces because you're very you're, you're, you've been in, in your um, in your youth as well you were very outspoken about how you felt about things and, and, and throughout your life it's the and, only life we have yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's the only life we have and if you can either be swept along with it or you can participate in it you know, I prefer to participate. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a. Um, I'm not a lone player. I'm a team player. I like, which is why I like theater. You know, it takes everybody from the person backstage sewing on that one that little button, button yeah. right, to the person's outside who's making sure that that light is on in the right place, from the person backstage who's calling that cue to make the whole thing happen just for you to be out there to tell the story to that audience. Well said. It takes yeah. everybody to do that, you know. And if life, as according to, to Shakespeare, is a stage and we are but players on it, don't you think you should be participating? Playing. Yeah. It's interesting because you said at the beginning as well, when you were writing music, it was a team. It was collaborative. Yes. So yes. that's how you've always been. Yes, yes. I, I grew up in a, in a family of boys, so <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I was never solo. You know, I always have people, you know, I'm, it's not like I don't like my own company. Believe me, I can, I can be by myself quite happily, you know. Please tell me but, that when you're by yourself, you sing. Sometimes I do, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Recently, I've been I've been looking at um, noises in the body that vibrate in your body. Um, noises that vibrate in your body. You know, as a singer, you have a head voice. You yeah. Have a throat voice, chest voice, right? You have three places where the voices vibrate in your body. Yes. So in trying to move those vibrations around the body, um, being spurred on by a book called Resonance, uh, which is resonant, resonant healing, you know, and, and how sound waves can actually help heal um, certain ailments and illnesses in the body, even destroy tumors, you know, um, without being invasive. You know, so... I've been playing around with that, you know, <laughs> sitting in the tub going, <laughs> going up and down, trying to find where a sound vibrates in the body. And can you move that someplace else? Can you move that to your toe? Can you move that to your stomach? Can you move that to your head? Can you move that to the back of your head, you know? And what happens when the sound goes? So when I'm by myself, you know, sometimes I, um, we have a place that's in the country. I can be out there by myself and just make noise how lovely yeah. though yeah you do have an ex exceptionally beautiful voice and and that you know how to use it and did, was it ever did you get taught and i don't mean i don't mean taught to sing taught to i don't mean that but did you who who taught who taught you did you just grow up knowing 
how to use your voice? I don't know. Um, my mother was a stickler for enunciation, so um, there was that. There was a wonderful man named Ian Adams, who was a vocal teacher here in London, uh, who I went to back in the 70s, um, who tuned my ear and my awareness to where to place the voice. Um, so it's a, and I think what they recognize that there's a gift, and if you have a gift, you might as, you better nurture it. You know, it's just, it's just not going to carry on and grow by itself. You need to look after that. You know, you need to, you know, um, take care of that. Um, and I used to smoke cigarettes. You know, and and then I thought, you know, this, this isn't good for this voice. This isn't good for the wind and all that. And then you think about wonderful voices wonderful smoky voices like Nat King Cole, right? And then you think, well, he had that wonderful voice, but those cigarettes that made that wonderful voice is also what killed him. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to be in this, Clark? You know, so that's why now I'm trying to find those organic ways to get to, get to those sounds. Um, you don't smoke anymore? Oh, no, 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 Good. no, 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 no. Good. Oh, hell no. You know, uh, Ten years even now, I think. I had stopped for about five years, and then I was doing this, this tribute to Nat King Cold, and I started smoking again. I'm thinking, like, you stupid twat, you know? <laughs> you know. Said as it is, It's kind of like, it's a rather strange question, but do people, does anybody still call you Peter? Because you're Peter Clark. You're, and am I right? One of your sons it's is funny. Peter Clark? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's PJ. He's Peter Jr. Right. right? You know, um, but are you Clark? I'm, when you I'm wake Clark. up in the morning, you're Clark. Always. You think of yourself as Clark. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, people think it's a it's a hard thing to do, but you know, as a as a child or as a teenager, we would call each other by our last names. Yo, what's up, Johnson? Yeah, I'm cool. What, do you see you see Smitty today? Smitty being Smith, mm. you know. And so it wasn't um, when I joined the union here. There were the act for act the actors, equity. Yes, yeah. there was a, there was already Peter Clark. So I said, well, "How about Peter Jeffrey Clark? No. How about P. G. Clark? No." And she's like looking at watch. Well, you know, I've got to go to work. Well, do you mind? Saying, <laughs> well, um, um, okay. Um, all right, there it is, Clark Peter. She said Peter. They gave to put an S on it, Peters, because your name is backwards on the form. I figured someone's going to they they'll know it's me once they see that, you know. And also it was a nod to one of my favorite actors, Brock Peters. You know, so that's why it stayed, and that's why it stuck, and that's who I am. And please carry on always being exactly like that. <laughs> and you've got so much to still do. And will you when you do your one man show? Which is talking and singing. Ooh. Will you do that, please? <laughs> On stage. I'm in the front. You know. With all those voices. I, 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 did you see what she just did? Did you see what she just did? <laughs> she yes. said, when you do... I'm not planning on You've doing a one-man show. You've got to do your one-man show. You've got to. You have no idea. Everyone would be there in the audience. coming. That, and listen, the whole team behind... Ed and Joe have just put their hands up. They're coming along. You see? You'll be singing. You'll be doing all those voices. That's very kind. You are lovely. Listen. Thank you. And and good luck with True Love. Good luck with everything. And please keep singing. 
I'll try to keep singing as long as you're listening. I don't know where that is. Well, no, that was good. I like it. <laughs>